0: Welcome back to SwitchCast. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are back in studio. I guess we were in studio last week. No, we weren't. We weren't. So we are back in studio and we're glad to be back. Thank you for joining us tonight. SwitchCast is the podcast where we seek to educate, edify, and entertain you on the drive of your life. And I am your host, Doug Tabot, owner of Switch Cars. This season, we've been focusing primarily on topics with guests that help our listeners be smarter buyers and sellers, avoid scams, and make informed decisions from their initial purchase through all aspects of ownership. My guest tonight is Katie, the Car Lady. I don't know her actual last name, but that might be it. Kind of like people think I'm Doug Switch Cars. It's true. But yeah. It's true. So, K- Katie, what is your last name?
1: My last name is uh, O'Toole Smith.
0: Katie O'Toole-Smith. All right. So she is an expert in new cars and a consumer advocate. Uh, She helps people with new car leasing and purchasing primarily. It's been... Over a decade, I think, since I bought a new car, and I primarily deal in the used car industry. So in order to help our listeners with that aspect of their journey, journey, I've asked her to come on so we can grill her together. So Katie, welcome. Uh, can you give us some some background on your business journey, what you do, and kind of what got you here?
1: Um, thanks, Doug. Yeah, Katie O'Toole-Smith, Katie the Car Lady. I, um, I've been in the auto industry... Uh, 28-plus years, and my journey started mostly because advocating for consumers. Basically, I saw at that time they didn't have the transparency laws and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I saw that so many people did not have this ability to navigate what's an invoice or how do I know what things cost or what's this stuff they're trying to add to my loan or whatever it is. How do I understand how the lease works? What's a residual? And so I found there was a lack of transparency And, um, and so I kind of got, I was young, I was in my twenties and I kind of got taken under my wing or some people took me under their wing and they just taught me. And I learned by a lot of mistakes, I will say, but, um, I realized that, uh, really truly consumers just want to, they just want to be understood and heard and tell me what's going on. They're not looking for a ton, you know? Yeah. So, um, I love helping people find their aha moment of like, oh, I can do that. Yes, you can. It's your money. You have a choice. So that's what drives me.
0: So in less words, you're an automotive therapist.
1: Kind of. Bit. I you do. Have, I do have people who text me and say, hey, uh, Katie, got a minute. I need some car therapy.
0: Um, do you have a couch?
1: I don't have a couch, but I have very comfortable <laughs> pink chairs. I do have that. Pink
0: chairs. I: do. match your sweater. I do. They
1: do. Pink is my deal. I love it. It's my brand. But I do. I love people to come in. I have a, a little coffee station like you guys do. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's cool. I do enjoy. My whole thing when I created my office was that when people would come in, it would let them br- exhale. Right. You don't have to like you can just exhale. Let's see the lay of the land. Right. Whether it's a new used whatever. Um, And actually I am a used car vehicle dealership in the state of Ohio, which is really kind of cool because I'm woman owned.
0: Do you carry inventory?
1: No, not really. Most, I mean, not really. I'm newer to that game. So I really have been mostly when people come to me, I do what you do, but in a whole different realm. And that is, I don't deal in the high-end market. I don't mm-hmm. deal in the, um, like, you have some amazing inventory. That's not my wheelhouse. I deal in the everyday stuff that is like, if people are looking for the everyday cars, Mazdas, Honda, you know, off-lease, that kind of stuff. Okay.
0: So... I make $70,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I have two kids and one and a half wives, you know, average, you know, American average, right? Mm-hmm, sure. Um, including the Mormons. So <laughs> if I come in to you and say, all right, I need a car for my lifestyle. How does the process work? Wh- what?
1: So you first either talk to me or my assistant, Nancy. And then what happens is we have a questionnaire and we ask people and we say, hey, okay, Tell us what is going on. What's the situation? What's your budget? What are your must-haves? What are your things you can live without? What are the things that you're like, I will not. Instead of, in this market, as you know, instead of asking you like, oh, what color do you want? What color do you not want, right? Sure. Um, But we go through a questionnaire. And a lot of people, if you pause and listen to them, there's something that's driving them emotionally. And they're, they're attached to an emotional outcome. And if you don't take the time to hear what that is, you can't get them in the vehicle that's going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so we really ask them questions. Okay, what's your situation? People's cars are totaled. Um, They're going through divorce. Uh, Maybe their lease is up and they know there's options, but they don't know what those are. And I always tell people, you always have options. You may not like all of them. (laughs) (laughs) But you always have options.
0: It's true. It's true. Including your mom co-signing. That is an option.
1: It is. Not a good one. I will (laughs) say I don't always um, recommend those kinds of things. Well,
0: because you're not a salesman. That's why. You're not trying to close a deal. You're trying to work in the best interests of your clients. Correct?
1: Yes. And, And so it's never about the car. It's never. I mean, yes, I know a lot about cars, which I'm grateful for. But it's really about if I do the right thing, that'll happen, whether it's them choosing me or not choosing me. Mm -hmm. And if they don't choose me, guess what? They will not forget me.
0: Sure. So, are you able? So you're you're an independent representative. So you're able to basically uh, represent any brand for them. So, you're not yeah. tied to. Uh, nope. Okay. Are, are you financially brands, incentivized to steer nope, them one way or another? No, nope, I
1: am not. In fact, you'll get a, some of my dealers don't always love what I have to say. <laughs> um, I do try to be, uh, you know, spread the love, but truly, I go wherever the deals are in the market right now. Mm-hmm. And, and that is if once people answer that questionnaire, I'll say, okay, I have some suggestions. Are you open to hear them? Okay. And then I'll take that. So example, you know, when someone calls me and they're like, Okay, I'm looking for I need something. You know, back in the day the civic was a thing. I just want a cheap civic lease. Okay, well, that doesn't exist. And <laughs> leasing isn't really the best option right now in most right. cases. Right. So it's like really my go to right now if you want something bang for the buck, a, an Impreza. Dude, you could get a base Impreza for like twenty two grand.
0: Wow. New. That's that's that pretty good. That has
1: eyesight, all-wheel drive. I mean, you know what I'm saying.
0: Well, those tech options are becoming standard now. It seems we like drive because computers. that's what people want. That's right. Yeah, they you want get safety. the blind spot monitoring and the Apple CarPlay and blah blah blah. You don't it's, get leather seats, but
1: no, but who cares? Right, right. Who cares? So it's where is that? And then also, you know, people say, well, "What about financing?" And that's a big question, right? Because dealers want to get, I don't, you know, whatever. It's their thing. But that, they want to get Well, the F and their, I
0: part of the dealership is the most profitable.
1: That's correct. Other than the service department. Yes.
0: What, well, but in the sales process. In the sales, sales yes. process,
1: yes. So that's true. And the F&I department, you know, those guys, it's their job to sell and whatever. The problem is, is that when you are motivated by the money that comes out of those sales, right, you're not motivated by telling this person what's in their best interest. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. That's, that is a clear conflict of interest, right? Well, but that's... It-
0: it is. It would be for somebody like you, but it's not for a sales guy, right? Because a sales guy's job is to is not to represent the interests of the client. It's to represent the interests of the dealership.
1: So and their that, job
0: is to close.
1: Okay, I feel that, but I think that model is archaic. And I, I and I'm I,
0: not disagreeing.
1: And I will tell you, but it's
0: not a conflict of interest. It's th- okay, just fair. Sucky it's just the interest. Like okay, you have to. A customer correct. has to realize that when they go to a salesman. I think this is why there's so much animosity. And antagonism, when they go to do a car deal, it's they know they're battling against the salesperson not working with them.
1: Exactly. And my, so one of the things that I, I was talking to somebody about, about the disruption in our industry is that if they don't change, there is going, you, the way that everything is being disrupted, if they don't change, I don't think that that model is going to continue.
0: Okay, so in what way is it being disrupted? Right. So we've had the Internet for quite a while, which has brought Mm -hmm. some transparency, but it hasn't fundamentally changed Mm -hmm. how dealers do business. They've worked around it. The Internet consumer advocacy sites have essentially become third party advertising sites, lead generation for dealers. Right. Because they have to make money. So what disruption right 12, 15 years ago, we thought that Cars Direct and Edmonds and everything would be the disruption Mm -hmm. to the car industry. Everything's still the same. What's the next round of of disruption to the new car industry? So I think
1: that, you know, I think for all of us living in this world, everything is before the pandemic and after the pandemic. But the pandemic did truly change some things. Um, We had Carvana. And although Carvana is probably going to go bankrupt,
0: Probably. Come on. I I'm, I'm I've trying been calling to be kind. For a year I'm a trying to, me too. No, me too on the podcast like Carvana is doomed for bankruptcy. Yeah, that it's is. a
1: Ponzi scheme, dude. Anyway. So
0: Shorting Carvana is our I think Carvana shorts are our sponsor, right? <laughs> like shorting. Okay, their I'm stock. in on that.
1: I'm in on that. i want in. Um but Carvana, although not a terrible model in the way they delivered. Sure. Their business was terrible, but the model disrupted because it changed how people started to get. It was easy. There was no hassles, right? Now we had been doing, I've been doing a lot of that stuff for years, but the difference is now you have this, and I went, I actually went through that process with someone and I went and I actually put, I wanted to go through the process. My husband bought his Tesla there. Okay. It was a used Tesla. He found this great deal. I said, let me go with you. Tell him to put it in the machine. I want to go through this process. I thought <laughs> I need to know. things
0: we don't love here, Carvana and Teslas,
2: but keep Listen, going.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't, you don't have to love Tesla, but I went through the process and it was relatively seamless, Okay. relatively. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know in my market, what does that feel like as sure. a consumer? So I'm not saying I love Teslas or I, and I certainly don't love Carvana, but what they did was they opened the door for the consumer to say, hey, I don't want to do things this way anymore. I don't have to go to the dealer. And and all those sites, that's great. They can give you tips and whatever. What they can't give you is the emotional attachment that people feel when they walk into that dealership. They are emotionally tied to what that outcome is going to be. If you don't tap into that and you don't figure out like, you know, that's why instead of trying to keep changing the dealer, my job is to address the consumer. You know it's know like
0: uh, road signs up in Maine, right? So they want to reduce the number of deaths that happen by people hitting moose, mm-hmm. and they realize they can't control the moose, so they try to control the drivers by putting up signs and making them more aware. <laughs>
1: I mean, maybe. I don't know. Random analogy,
0: but... I mean... So you you, you kind of answered a question that I hadn't asked yet, um, which is essentially what makes you different from sites like Edmunds, which you know, inform and arm customers with the proper information they need for negotiating. Um, and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this before, answer, yeah. um, you know, in the world of internet information, and I ask myself this as well, because mm-hmm. I do some consulting on the side sure. and, and I'm like, I don't understand why people need me because the internet in theory should have all the info they need. Same thing with new car consulting. Right. The Internet has, in theory, all the information you need to be armed to make an informed and easy purchase on a new car. I would Um, disagree with that. Okay, well, tell me why, with in the the age of of information, why people still need people like you?
1: Well... Because the fact of the matter is, is that you can't say, and there's a, there's a couple, there's a guy on TikTok and he says, I don't care what you do. You should lease every car. Well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard because every deal stands alone. Every person is different. If you don't figure out what that person is going through, when people come to me, they end up in my office because in some way, shape or form, they felt marginalized out there at a dealer. That's normally how they end up in my office. And then I they and and so they're like, I just want to understand. Sure. And nobody will tell me. And you don't know what that person's going through. The internet, although it's amazing, and it is, it gives you tons of tips. And I've done those. I've have con- right. I have that content. But out it
0: there. doesn't contextualize it anything. It doesn't
1: contextualize and it can't process the emotion that a person feels when they want to spend their money and buy a car. And unless you could, you know, I don't know how many times people call me and I'm like, okay, let's pause, exhale. Let's get the lay of the land. What's going on? Right. And, and that just taking that moment and then sharing with them, what do you want to know? Really, truly people want to be seen and heard. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just whatever. And, They want somebody to give them honest advice that's not driven by some sort of other motive. Mm -hmm. So my motive, if I help them, sure, I would love to do that. I would love to be able to sell a car. That being said, when I look at their whole situation, it is what is in their best interest, especially like when all these people had leases coming off, right? That changed dramatically in the pandemic. People were making money hand over fist, And then the manufacturers got smart and said, wait, where's all our cars? They're at Carvana. (laughs) (laughs) They're at CarMax, right?
0: One of the most brilliant things that manufacturers, I don't think, did this, the the dealers and the banks conspired, is to do that, that market value lease payoff thing. So if you took your car to any other place That's other right. than the dealer you bought it from,
1: One hundred they right. would
0: just pick an arbitrary market value for your payoff That's as exactly opposed right. to your fixed or residual. Or you bought it out
1: and paid taxes. Right. So I don't know how many times. Brilliant. It was. Sucky
0: for the consumers, but brilliant.
1: Right. And so I was able to help them vent through that. I was able to help them because I had relationships, I could do that. And so I could show them, here's your options. And we would literally do what I called a car inventory. And it was like you put down in and we wrote down exactly what their options were and what did that look like and how, what benefited them. And so they saw their options. They didn't like all of them, but they had <laughs> they had something does. to choose from. And that was OK. Buy I don't know how many people I said, buy your car out. They're like, but I already paid on it for three years. I said, no, it's two separate transactions. Yeah, It is not, you're not paying on a car for your, if you looked at this residual and you said, okay, I can buy this car. Okay. Now I want you to go online and say, can I buy this car for this price? Well, no, they were so back of wholesale. It was crazy. And so buy it and keep it for two years or three years. And then let's the market normalize. But no one wanted to tell them that. Right. You know, and then the man, the manufacturers realized that people, the dealers were, not only were we, you know, everybody was like, okay, how do we navigate this? Like, you're buying them, they have to pay tax on it. It became a used car sale, like, so all of that stuff, and all people want to do is understand, because. Everything that they had ever known about the auto industry had turned upside down, and it wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. Your old schoolers, your curmudgeons who would say, never buy a new car, ever, ever, ever. Well,
0: never pay over MSRP.
1: Yeah, Uh. well, and that's a question. You know, a lot Mm. of people, it was like, okay, this is your choice. Do you want it or not? No one's going to budge. Okay, well I think I'm gonna buy my car out and wait a few years or whatever that <laughs> right. was. But it's not buying a used car is not what's in the best interest anymore.
0: Yeah. It's coming back around. It but is, yes. It is. And yeah. I'm talking
1: I'm not talking about in your world. I'm talking about in the average every right. day.
0: Right. Yeah. Cars. For a number of years, it was not. Yeah. We, Great. Well, let's uh, with that said. That no, crazy. it's fine. Uh, we're going to we're going to take a, a commercial break. And if you have any questions for Katie or myself uh, tonight, just post them in the comment flow wherever you are watching live. Uh, we've got TikTok Now we are checking Woo-woo. that out, trying that for our first uh, time. So thank you for joining us Tic Tac, as as Dave Ramsey says, <laughs> yeah. My producer forced me to get on TikTok about a year or so ago, and it's been a lot of fun. Um,
1: yeah, you kind of have some cool stuff going on
0: there. Yeah, yeah, that is all, Ethan.
1: <laughs> you do have a great crew here. I just want to say,
0: <laughs> yes. Well, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are. That's what one hundred percent. Yep. So um, I'm the dumbest guy in the room, and proud of it. <laughs> But yeah. uh, producer Ethan's voice—he's the glue that holds us all together. <laughs> right I always there. say, that "I'm is. only oh. as
1: good as the people around me who support me."
0: Ethan is the rubber band that holds the TikTok phone <laughs> off he's on the, the, <laughs> the Jerry <Jared laughs>
1: rigged mount. He's kind of brilliant, actually. I mean, come on
2: it's holding for
0: now so yeah thank you for joining us on tiktok thank you to our regular people on youtube and uh for the people on uh listening to us later on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our audio podcast you are missing out on a really special thing which is my lack of of hairdo right so my wife has been gone for uh, a week or so um she didn't leave me she just she's on vacation
1: that's a good thing
0: (laughs) and my hair is more crazy than usual and she always says that i need to like look in a mirror before I go on the podcast because my hair is usually pretty crappy, but now it's crappy and long and wild. So yeah, if if you're not watching us live, you're you're missing out. I I think
1: you need to get a sponsor <laughs> that has some kind of cool hair stuff that you. <laughs> don't,
0: well, there's that there's like the manscaping you know beard trimmer stuff that sponsors That's not how they, they started. Oh, there you code go, code blue, or whatever. I don't know these police chase things that I watch. So I'm like, I need them to sponsor me. So I don't know, Ethan. Let's 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 get them as a sponsor so i can get a free razor i feel yeah. like i
1: feel like that's a good fit that's a yeah. good connection right
0: right then i know it actually have to have to actually use their product anyway on that note please leave your comments and questions we will address those later in the show the sooner you uh, leave them uh, and the more often just like voting you know do it early and often and and that'll get you to the top of the list so without further ado tyler 100%. take it away 100%
2: Alrighty, so uh the corvette curmudgeon uh, one of our favorites here on the podcast is brought to you unwittingly by the corvette buy sell trade group on facebook your source for cranky boomers overpriced corvettes and reinforced stereotypes Uh, the other thing you're missing if you are listening to the audio version of this is uh, doug's get up uh, for the corvette curmudgeon and he changes his face too it's very uncomfortable um, but, uh, for the Corvette curmudgeon tonight, uh, I wanted to ask you, have you ever been challenged, uh, to a race at a stoplight?
0: Well, them friggin' young whippersnappers and their rice burners friggin' like to rev their engines and honk next to me. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just ignore them. Cause I ain't, I ain't ever put full throttle down in my car. I'm, I'm a little scared to, but, so- uh, plus I don't want to break it. So I don't I don't race them I'd friggin' win though because my Corvette's rare and I think it's the fastest one but I, I don't need to prove anything
2: to them young idiots but do so do you not believe in the I paid for the rev uh, the the tack, I'm going to use the whole tack kind of thing so you you don't ever put it to the floor really what I'm rever- saying is that well that's like you know you the what's number- the tachometer <laughs> it's the thing that shows the rpms for your engine I friggin' I don't need that I got an automatic it shifts itself. Would you? Uh, so you mentioned, you know, a bunch of kids, you know, the uh, rice burners, your term, uh, not mine for uh, the, the types of cars. But what if somebody in a Mustang pulled? Uh, I fought to you? against those <laughs> kids in Vietnam, so. So, but I mean, not, not the kids. What if uh, what if like a Mustang or a Camaro pulls up next to you? Would you race them or how would you how would that make you feel?
0: No, I've, I've somebody forwarded me one of them emails that the Mustang lost control and
2: hit some people in a crowd. So I, I'm I'd stay as far away from those things as I can. righty. Well, honestly, you know, I can't argue with that. I think this is the first time I've ever agreed with you. So props to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh thank you very much uh corvette curmudgeon for hanging out with us again tonight uh on switchcast which is brought to you by boxcast and boxcast is a live stream- streaming company based in cleveland ohio and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world their founders launched boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose and that is to make people a part of the experience if you're looking to live stream your podcast church service car show sporting event wedding or even a cannonball attempt boxcast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations and boxcast is so easy that we're broadcasting this show with a phone so head on over to switchcars.com forward slash boxcast for your free trial
0: so Tyler was doing some research.
1: <laughs> I just need to say this. you totally look like Adam Sandler when you were doing that.
0: <laughs> Tyler was doing some research on ChatGPT prior to this show.
2: Tyler, what did you find? Oh, oh I yes, found some good this stuff. It's great. What is it? Take a drink. Goodness. <laughs> so I decided to ask uh Chat GPT. This is my first time. You know, I'm a little, little nervous. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, so I asked, do you know what a Corvette curmudgeon is? What the hell is ChatGPT? <laughs> uh, so it's this thing that is online. It's like a computer you can talk to, and it's got all these uh, stuff, language models and things that can give you answers for st- stuff. I don't f- I'm don't. a software developer. I don't understand how this works. But uh, so I asked it what a Corvette curmudgeon is. And uh, it said, I'm not familiar with that specific term, but based on the individual meanings, it could possibly refer to someone who is grumpy or cantankerous (laughs) and the owner of a Chevrolet Corvette. I Uh, mean, he
1: did sound (laughs) a little bit like that. I
2: think cantankerous is probably the best word I've heard for (laughs) that whole vibe. So I uh, told ChatGPT that they're correct uh, and also that uh, they're usually pretty cheap. (laughs) So they say, I am not didn't fully understand that, so I clarified by saying something that the curmudgeon himself says, uh, that they usually live on a fixed income and don't like to spend money. (laughs) So uh, based on my explanation, it sounds like a Corvette curmudgeon might be an older person who is living on a fixed income and owns a Chevrolet Corvette, but is reluctant to spend money on the car beyond what is necessary. This type of person can be seen as grumpy or cantankerous by others, perhaps due to their frugal nature or desire to maintain their car in a particular way. Uh, so then for tonight, uh, instead of asking my question, I decided to ask it. What would a funny question be to ask somebody who is like this? And chat did not like that. Uh, it told me that we shouldn't be mocking anybody. we uh, making fun of <laughs> others for be their interests. People. Uh, then also, I, this thing is very important. Uh, if I'm looking for a way to engage with a Corvette enthusiast, it might be better to ask questions that show genuine interest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that
0: is true. That's- even if it's fake interest, they'll tell you all about people how rare lo- their car is. I was just
1: going to say, people <laughs> love to talk about how special their car is.
0: And it's okay to mock Corvette curmudgeons because they're old and white and probably voted for Trump. So they're not a protected <laughs>
2: class. <laughs> That's true. I did ask it they one don't more question. To be.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Getting spicy. <laughs> so I did ask not uh, whatever. to kind of wrap it up. What is the best generation of Corvette for a Corvette curmudgeon? I did. So when you're doing this for the, I'm sure everybody knows, but you're kind of like building up a thread of knowledge and context for it to work with. Uh, So after all of this, it said that, uh, it obviously depends on personal preferences yet. Yeah,
0: I feel like Chad GPT is not one of those to make definitive statements. It isn't. Kind of like Siri used to be.
2: But it says, however, considering their frugal nature and fixed income, an older, Corvette well-maintained C4. Corvette model from the 1980s or 1990s yes,
0: C4, would be a I good
2: fit. <laughs> <laughs> These models Mark are Spence,
0: <laughs> future Corvette curmudgeon of the world. <laughs> oh. Yes.
2: And they say these models are generally less expensive and still offer solid performance and styling.
0: Oh, solid performance on a Corvette C4 is debatable. But anyway. I would agree with that. All right. I would agree with that we are back here with Katie the car lady, our guest tonight. she is a primarily a new car uh consumer advocate and she helps people buy cars and and offers consulting in in that regard so if you have any questions for her, throw those into the comment flow and we will address them later on in the show um so Katie, we we're talking um right at the the end of the last segment there about new versus used cars and kind of navigating the nutty market that we've been in in the last few years. So how did your advice to people change during that time? How has it changed now? Because I mean, even now we're in a crazy market, but it's totally different. the last two years Mm -hmm. has been a feeding frenzy for dealers where consumers were on their heels. They had no negotiating power. Nothing. Y- you know, dealers were loving it,
1: they to were. be honest. They and
0: um, us included. It was, I, I, it was right, great. I but, mean, everybody um,
1: everybody, I think you know, we stayed open, right? We were, uh, so.
0: Yeah. But so, it, it compared you know, how did that play out for your business in the last two years in terms of how you were advising people and how is that changing now when it seems like you know, it's flipping again to become a buyer's market. It's, you know, interest rates are high, banks are tightening lending, all sorts of different things that yes. are making this just abnormal times. How right. are you, how did you, and so how are you advising your customers? When you
1: ask those questions, cause I think, oh my gosh, when I start back and we, this first started, you know, it was the way of like, you know, the, the used car market went up 35 to 40%. It was yes. insane, but yet the, there wasn't a lot of cars being made and, 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 or if there were, you were waiting. I mean, it was just how it was. You could get some stuff. And yes, you were, everybody was paying sticker plus. There wasn't much below that. Where, you know, what has happened for the consumer to negotiate is the way that we used to negotiate, which was where's invoice? Right. right? That has changed. And our negotiating right. now has to come in different places. And so their negotiating is with their trade. Like, mm-hmm. that's the negotiating that offsets some of that. Um, where do they get their financing? So, go right now, going to credit unions. I know these dealers hate the credit unions right now because they're losing tons of money in reserve. But the dilemma is they put themselves there. The manufacturers put them, you know, where they didn't have those options, and so the consumer now is going to credit unions where the credit unions can offer, you know. So, so what I try to help them do is find where they can negotiate, right? If you, if, if it's not on the price of the car, this is it. This is what you're going to pay, and and listen, some Kias, believe it or not, they're still over sticker. Like, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Hybrids. There's still, you know, um, waiting for electric cars, right? The RAV4 Prime, get in line, you know? But so how do you do that? You, you, the negotiation is not just in, okay, the used car, my financing, talking to my accountant. Also, again, I go back to, I know that emotional part of it, but it's like, do I have to do this right now? What are sure. my options? Sure. And so not. And
0: that's where you're more you're unbiased because you can tell the consumer, wait.
1: And I don't care you've what got they to find choose. Car.
0: You don't need to buy a new car just because everybody else is right. Freaking and out.
1: just so all of you know out there in. I mean, they're going to build more cars. OK, we don't know when they might come, but they're going to build more cars. It's well, not like-
0: and here's a dirty little secret, too. A lot of manufacturers sold more cars in 21 and 2022 than Mm -hmm. they did pre-COVID. I believe they're
1: manipulating the market right now. Right. So if
0: you look at some of the numbers, you go, wait a minute. There wasn't actually a supply shortage. They managed to pump out more cars than ever. More
1: money than ever. Right. So, So now you have this manipulation happening where they're either only we talked about this. They're either only building the totally loaded cars right? Yep. So that you have to choose those because that's where their bigger margin is, or they're holding off on production so that not as many get to the dealer and the dealer's raising their cost again, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not getting as many as they were. And so one other thing that's very interesting is that the they're, they're, they'll take stuff off a of car. So they might say, okay, you can get this Mazda, but we're going to delete this power lift gate. I'm just making that up, but it's happens um and we'll charge you less but we're you're going to take it this way even though it's supposed to have a power lift right gate. we're gonna do that like we don't like the hundred thousand
0: dollar escalades that were delivered without heated seats um like. i
1: sold <sighs> dude i sold i this guy waited nine months for an escalade and there were these he couldn't get it built unless he put non-power running boards on it that was only like i had to get that He's like, I want this. It's $100,000. I'm like, you got to not put those on because they're not going to build it that way. I that's mean, they're crazy. basically they're They are. And the sad part is, is that they say, oh, we're by the people for the. Pe- I'm not buying it. You're manipulating the markets. What so
0: manufacturer ever said they were by the people for the people? Oh,
1: American cars, you know, we're, sh- you know, all mm, that. They they're always for the say, unions.
0: Come well, on. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like, they're not for the consumer. And they want you to buy their cars, but I really do believe right now that they are manipulating the market so that, so here's what I say, we're powerless over that. We can't change that. So how do we teach the consumer to say, okay, I see that happening. What what can I do in my situation? And people whose cars are getting totaled, and I'm sure Rob might've talked about this. um, They're really in a, Mess because they're getting, yeah, they might get more than they ever would because we've had a spike again. We mm-hmm. dropped about 14% where we had a plummet in, in December, and now we've spiked again in the used cars. Mm-hmm. But these people get these money, but they can't go buy anything. Right. So... Oh, but we only want to give you a rent. I mean, it's just, it's just... Do you,
0: now, do you advocate for people? Do you help them negotiate with their insurance companies as well? Are you I do, full service?
1: I do. Well, I give them tips. I'm not, I need to say, I'm not an insurance agent. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. I don't, <laughs> I don't play one on TV. I'm just, You're I just... You're an expert
0: at your own opinion. I do
1: give them, I'll say, this is my opinion, from what I have seen. And I have been able to help them navigate a couple extra days on the rental, Um How to get more. And I had two daughters total cars during the pandemic. And it was, oh gosh, I know. But what I found was that they gave me these comps that were out in other places that I didn't live. And I said, wait a minute, you're giving me these comps. And so I was like, let's look in my area. And then I was able to get another two grand because they were looking wherever it was cheapest, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just giving them tips. Like some people don't know if they total their car and you put tires on a month ago, you can submit that. Sure. You know, but some people don't sure. know that. Well,
0: but some people don't know that you don't have to take the first offer.
1: They really don't.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with dealers. They think that they're they're powerless, I guess. Um, so how do you, so do you basically give people advice and then set them free to go to the dealers armed with your information or do you handle Every everything? deal stands
1: alone. Okay. And so here's what I'll tell you. If they end up using me. They will take delivery out of my space if they choose to do that. I get paid a flat fee from the dealer. They don't pay me, and I'm very transparent about what the cost is. I show them everything. I'll show them a worksheet, everything. I'm very transparent. But when they come to my office, the papers are done, everything's done, and they're in and out of my office within 45 minutes to an hour.
0: That's amazing. Because if you go to a new car dealer, I literally know people that were there all friggin' day.
1: right. But it doesn't have to be that way. And if you, I discuss everything with them ahead of time. So all I'm saying is whether, I'm not saying people have to use me, but at least you can cut your hours down at the dealer by saying, sure. I want to review everything ahead of time. I'd like you to have the car ready for me when I get there. And I don't want to go into the F&I office. You can demand that.
0: So if the dealers, not if, the dealers make the most of their money on the front end, um, Sorry, on the sales side, on the back end, using car dealer terms here, but in the F&I office, which, Mm -hmm. again, that's a short term for finance and insurance. So basically, once you get done negotiating with the salesperson, uh you go into the office to sign the papers. And the old dealer strategy is, well, the sales guy is going to break you down, work you forever, and you're so exhausted by the time you get to the F&I office, they go, you can take a deep breath. You're just here to sign papers. And that's where they you know, turn you around and sell you all the stuff with the big markups. Um, so the, the dealers want to make money there and, and dealers by all means are entitled to make money,
1: but why
0: would a dealer want to help you help your clients if you're essentially, you know, pulling the curtain aside and saying, here's where all the markup happens and we're going to.
1: There's you know, a couple reasons. One is the volume that I do. Right. Okay. So I'll just use an example. Let's say Subarus. You know, I probably did. Let's. I'm making this up. I don't know. I, let's say I did 50 Subarus last year. OK. Mm-hmm. I'm probably pretty close. But sure. that's 50 units they got of people that probably they would have not gotten because they hadn't gone to their dealership. So. And it's just, they don't have, they just, and I deal with a specific, I either deal with, you know, the manager, the or they have a fleet person, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's volume. It's volume. It's like, and I, and, and listen, they may not be getting their money on the back end, but they're getting their sticker or close sure. to it, right? So it's not like they're not making money. And I they're mean, probably come getting on.
0: service business as well.
1: Well, right. I mean, it depends, but here's the thing. You either want the deals or you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And they know that my customers are loyal to me. So you don't have to have it. It's OK. I'll just switch them to another brand. Sure. Like, have you not... have you
0: had so if if you have customers and you send them to your dealers, mm-hmm. have you had dealers basically try to steal your customer and, and work the deal themselves?
1: Um, it's happened a few times over the 28 years. Um, there's a couple of times when a dealer and I find that we've connected with the same person. I will go to them and say, look. This person's ended up in my office. That means they weren't happy there. Do you want to save the deal? And and if you do, I'm, I'll am i work with you. If you don't, that's okay. You got to tell me now. I have had a dealer. Doesn't matter who it is. I won't say, but he's like, I'm not working this deal with you. You're not getting this deal. And I said, okay, then I'll go somewhere else. And I sold him a Mercedes somewhere else, hmm. right? They chose that. He had an option. He sure. didn't like that. So there are dealers that don't always I mean, there are dealers that I said I was in New York somewhere and I was at a meeting or at a lunch or something. And this guy's like he was at a dealer and he goes, I hate you kind of people. I mean, literally said that to me. And I was like, OK, I'm sorry you feel that way. I said, um, I think you're misinformed. You might want to ask some questions before you make that judgment call. He's like, you just steal all the money. I'm like. Actually, that's not true, but if you ever want to have a conversation that's educated about that, I'm happy to do that. Sure. You know?
0: Well, and and dealers, new car dealers, uh, thrive on volume as much as margins because maybe not in the last couple years, but, um, you know, from the bottom up, salesmen have incentives to do a certain number of units. Every little thing, they get a bonus, Sales managers have incentives, and that goes all the way back to the manufacturers, where the manufacturers will make up monthly incentives for dealers, which I think is kind of silly, right? You know, it's like, well, if you do, you know, 30 of this model this month, we're going to give you an extra 20 grand in holdback to the dealer. But those dealerships probably rely on fleet and, and people like you to say, okay, you know, we need to sell five extra units this month. And you and don't it have makes to do us, any work. Right. And it makes us, you know, it's the difference between us hitting a mark that gets us 40 grand from the manufacturer or zero.
1: And so I want to tell you, the dealers I work with, they really have become, we really do have a partnership. I mean, they'll tell me, look. You, you this is you got to help me here and i'll be like okay well how does that work so we really do a partnership but they know that regardless of anything my customer is always the person that you know what i mean but if they want something to happen they're not allowed to contact my customer sure you know what i'm saying that doesn't sure. happen
0: so speaking of the the end of month bonuses right so yes. uh, the the old kind of
1: which is trick to negotiate malarkey i think
0: yeah but go ahead yeah no it's it, it exists but whatever so the old kind of negotiation strategy right if you want the best deal because everybody you know wants to get the best deal and whether or not they do they brag to their friends that they you know pull pulled it's one over relative. on their salesperson right relative. so um but the house always wins so um The old adage was, okay, you go on the last day of the month or the last day of the year because they need to move units and you'll get the best deal. So how do you, a lot of people like that kind of negotiation. They think it's like a battle. They think they can win against the salespeople. What's your advice to people along those lines?
1: I am not for everybody. Right. i um, what I do is in Fred Bay. There's people that want to go duke it out over five dollars to 10 dealerships. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's participating in this model that we've had going for 100 years. That doesn't mean there aren't some special deals at the end of the month. I've seen it happen and I've had customers come to me and say, listen, Katie, I just got offered this deal. And I'm like, send it to me. You know what? That's a great deal. Take it. And here's what I'm going to tell you to do to not buy one more thing and keep that deal as it sits. Mm-hmm. Right. So a good deal is relative to the person. But I will. Here's the deal. We have. I All I think is important is that if you do the right thing and I know that not everybody believes this, if you do the right thing and you help somebody and you know, in your world, whatever your special zone of genius is, it'll come back to you. Like, I believe that I've made a living for 28 plus years, a decent living. And the thing about it is, is that when you go into a de- I went in and I asked one of the managers at a dealership, I said, Hey, have you ever thought about maybe teaching your people to educate the consumer? My guys aren't here to teach people. They're here to sell cars. You know what I'm saying?
0: Which is funny because when I worked at the Land Rover dealership, they wouldn't let me sell cars for A week because they wanted me to just take every car home, drive it, study the owner's manuals, basically learn it. But that was that was straight from the manufacturer because Land Rover wanted product representatives. They wanted Mm -hmm. their salespeople to be incredibly knowledgeable about it, partly because of the clientele, but like selling Uh, comes out of product knowledge, right? If you have good product knowledge, that will arm your selling. I would think
1: like- 100%. And I think then you make the customer feel more confident. Um, I don't know if you agree with this or your guys agree with but this is, I'll tell you, future. We, all our dealerships that are standing, eventually, they'll be service stations. They're going to be where people service. You're going to go there and you're going to order a car and it's going to come in. Right. We're not going to have, you're going to have a kiosk and you can go up to that kiosk. And that kiosk will be there when you go to service your car. And you'll sit down and it'll look, you know, whatever. And you may order a car while you're sitting right.
0: there. Tesla's already going I mean, that direction. Exactly. Uh, you know, a lot of lawsuits from from states and from dealers who want to protect their their franchise rights. But I think... And I, get and that. I think General Motors is starting to test that out just with their EVs as well. Um, I mean, I
1: don't... I'm not opposed to it. GM
0: or Ford, but yeah, one I, I of those. I think
1: that what we... With, like, we talked about the disruption and how the market is like this, it's volatile. Like, when my guys put a number, because one of the things I believe is keep your front end and your back end, meaning your trade and your new car, keep it separate. So, find out what that thing's worth. But these guys are given numbers where it used to be a week, maybe two weeks, three, four days. My number is good for three, four days because right. it is changing that quick. Yeah. On the yeah. other end, and I say this to anybody who asks me for and I don't care whether you use me to consult me or anything get your sales price don't ask for out the door right get your sale price because right. that out the door like in Ohio we have three things right that won't ever change doc fee license and registration which usually what 35 to 50 bucks and your tax in the county you live in if you know what that price is at least you know Right. Where am I at? Right? And
0: don't negotiate payment too, right? Along those, Never keep everything Never negotiate separate. payment. Numbers yeah. don't lie. Yeah. Look they at, will you look be, at your you your interest out, rate. they will be what they look will be. Look at your price, look at your trade-in price, look at every single yes. thing separately because a dealer, in order to take advantage, they want to 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 skew the numbers as much as possible. Yes. They want to negotiate on payment.
1: Yes. And something I wanted to touch on, which I didn't tell you about this, so I'm going to touch on it right now as it comes to my brain, is everybody, you know, you'll see all these people say, oh, lease, lease, lease lease Don't buy unless you keep a car eight years. I do not agree with that in this market. I think if you are leasing right now, the interest rates are at 7%. And if you want to know how to do that... Ask for the money factor, multiply it by twenty four hundred, and you will know what your interest rate is for that lease. It is absolutely imperative to know that. And then, what is your residual? And look at that residual and say, okay, what are cars three year old right now going? Is this car going to be worth it? And there's certain banks like if you go through Ally, U.S. Bank, um, you know, any of those, you cannot buy them out at the end. You have to buy them out and pay tax. And then so you got to find someone who's willing to get creative. But I'm saying that because really look at that. If you can get to a credit union and pay 3.9 to 4.9 percent right now, or even mm-hmm. some of the manufacturers like Genesis has 3.49 for 60 months. Right. If you can get that versus paying seven to eight percent on a lease where they can hide money in the money factor. Right. Because and you don't leases, even know? Correct
0: me if I'm wrong. Leases are not uh, subject to truth in lending act is that correct so they don't have to disclose the interest rate
1: no they do not and so i tell people ask for the ask for the worksheet it'll tell you everything you want to know and if there's a market adjustment that's fine if you know there's a market adjustment you're like okay this guy's going to charge me 500 over sticker i'm just using that as a for instance okay you know that but you don't know what that money they're they're building three percent into that money factor i know there's people that are like (laughs) but it's just the facts like People at least should be able to make the decision. It's not like the dealer thinks, oh, we're gonna lose this deal. No, you won't. Just show them both ways. Right. Like just show them. That's really all they want to know is give them the facts. Like
0: Right. And let them make the decision. That's yep. it. Yep. Like. Yep.
1: There was th- th- yeah. It's just one of those things. I I mean, I think I'm one person, but um I just think we if we shift, like Simon Sinek says, you don't have to like totally over you just have to shift the way you do it just yeah and if
0: dealers did that then maybe the writing wouldn't be on the wall for them The, the the in terms of the manufacturers trying to to cut them out, maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe.
1: And what they don't realize is maybe if they, there, I think it's so much as fear. Like they're so fearful they're going to lose money. But if they would look at different models of just how to, what if you had an area in your dealership that was just for, you know, what you're feeling overwhelmed? We have an area over here that is just about learning, understanding, taking a breather. We, we, okay, here, and it's just an area that nothing's happening just totally cool calm collected you have somebody there who maybe can explain something to you but I feel not- like
0: I feel like a, a dealership would have if they had that they would have to have one-way glass and they'd have three sales managers spying on that room. <laughs> Probably. that's just like the feeling i get
1: i you're probably not <laughs> wrong i know we're not talking about exciting uh, stuff here but i'm just like well i get worked up
0: on that note let's do another commercial break and we'll go to the wall of shame and instead of uh uh instead of making fun of dealers we're gonna make fun of a customer
2: <laughs> all right tyler yeah. take it away all right the wall of shame it's and SwitchCast shame. is brought to you by celebrity machines uh, Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 25 39 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. All right, so this this wall of shame, Katie asked what the wall of shame
0: is, and it is is. where we make fun of customers. It's the reverse review, right? Dealers have, you can Google review them. So these are where (laughs) we make fun of customers who are idiots. So Mm. this one comes, it's a one-star review for VA Motor Cars, a place up in Cleveland, kind of up in the ghetto, which actually has pretty good reviews for a
2: a ghetto located dealership. But this was their one-star review. Tyler, take it away. Be careful. We bought a 2014 Subaru Impreza about 4 years ago. Alex was very upfront with pictures of the accident and salvage title etc. The price was great for a good car. The car has run well. So what's what's the problem here? <laughs> Sounds like 4 really years runs well. 1 star review. Yeah. However, now that we are 4 years in, some issues have risen that make us question the savings we were initially offered and point to very poor fixes done on the car at first. My wife was hit from behind recently, hopefully in her car, (laughs) the (laughs) licensed repair place (laughs) took off the back bumper and went on and on about how terrible every aspect of the original fix was. The car was not painted well, so the paint didn't stick. It is flaking off slowly. Now we have rust sneaking through, which no one will fix. And to fix it right may cost thousands. Blah, blah, blah. He goes on. I have no words for that. To try to fix the rust that's coming out now alone may cost more than the savings I received from buying this car. This also does not account for the issues I had right after purchasing it. Alex was very kind, helpful, and upfront as he could be. My windows didn't open. My inside doors weren't connected well. He fixed all the things as I brought them to his attention. Oh my gosh.
0: I, I wouldn't I do don't... that after a sale. Like it's as is. They're leaving a one-star review. He fixed everything they
2: complained about after the sale.
1: It was salvaged.
2: Uh, also, wouldn't st- you know if you open the door and the door panel's not hanging correctly, <laughs> like it's kind of shaking oh or something? My. There
1: like, oh, are dealers that. How, in this city that how, do. <laughs>
0: how do you buy a car from a dealer that discloses a salvage title that fixes everything you bring up after the sale? Four years later, you find issues and you're like, well, I didn't get that good of a deal!" And leave them a one-star review.
1: This is that's crazy town. One star. That is.
0: That's stupid. That's a customer you
1: you, want to
0: fire. I just, we talked about one recently. Okay, but they
1: bought a salvage car.
0: They bought a salvage Subaru. (laughs) I mean, a 2014
1: Subaru,
2: I'm happy it lasted four years at
1: all. I was just about to say that. (laughs)
2: Well, and we talked about someone a couple weeks ago who was the same thing. It was like years later, they go back and they're like, well, this isn't working. My engine blew up. I'm like, you know, N fifty two BMW yeah. or whatever that
0: engine code is I'm that like, they all it's blow been up years.
2: on. You're lucky oh, well, if the gosh. dealer cares a day One after you drive. away. Review.
0: I feel like the guy left if if they reviewed me like this, I would have left it up there and like highlighted it, be like, see, <laughs> yeah. this is how great of a dealer I am. I fixed stuff after the sale when it was as is on a salvage title. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh Peace
1: out, homie. That's like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to say
0: about that. Oh my gosh! Well, let's let's we're running short on time, so let's skip right to uh, let's get to some some listener questions here and see what see what people have. I just want to make a Katie. disclaimer
1: that I'm not totally dogging dealers. Like I just don't I feel like I, I we are no okay. I don't. I mean, listen, there's some good guys out there. Okay, I need de- I need Absolutely. to say that there are some good guys Absolutely. out there that I respect, and I need to say that I just think there are many that don't really care.
0: Oh, I defend dealers all the time on markups over sticker because the Corvette curmudgeons are complaining all the time. I only buy cars for a discount, you know, or at MSRP. Luck. And it's like, no, market value is market value. For once That's it's right. not the dealers being greedy That's when it right. goes over sticker. I agree with that. So I, I defend them when they should be defended, but
2: there there needs to be change in that industry. All right, Tyler. Anyway, <laughs> So first up, uh, not really a question, but I like to bring it up. I should have brought it up when the curmudgeon was here. Uh, Pero, longtime uh, watcher, says in the chat, appreciate having experts on, but we can't buy a new C5 Corvette, so what's the point? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, um, you can. You can buy new C5 pace carts in my garage. It's <laughs> never been uncovered, never been washed, and has 17 original miles on it. Now, if it's purple, I might be into that. I like, ooh, I like those purple That would ones. only be the
1: 40th <laughs> anniversary edition. It's one
2: of 2026 special editions. Uh, so Devin from YouTube uh, asks, "What's your take on buyers with challenged credit that only buy when they have a tax return and their familiarity with repos?" Mm. Spicy question.
0: <laughs> I don't even.
1: That those are no, my Those are. I don't. Okay, so here's what I say. First of all, I do. I do not. I can't help you if you're not paying your bills, and I can't help you if your car's been repoed. If you're in a situation that literally is just a life challenge, there's ways to help. But, I mean, if you're not doing what you need to do, you don't deserve a bank to give you a loan. You're not a credit counselor. That's it.
2: I also think probably a new car is not the best move. I mean, you mentioned I think you deal a lot in... Like newer cars, well, brand new cars. It,
1: surprisingly, if you have challenging credit, sometimes a new car is actually easier. Really? Be- yes. Yes, because the manufacturers are the bank. Banks are yes. FDIC insured that you have to fit in a box to make sure. Like and it's small. Yeah. It's a small box. You probably can't breathe much in there. <laughs> but you have to fit in there. And so new cars, the manufacturers give more leniency. Um they'll they'll make you they'll up the rate, but yeah. They'll make you put money down, but it's sometimes usually easier. Yeah.
0: It's a lot easier, but it's like Tyler was saying, it's probably not the best move because a new car is expensive. So if you're, it, yes, and then you're going to your have bills, a, yeah, that's right. Buy a cheap used car. That's get it. Get your financial And stuff unfortunately, straight, and a cheap
1: used car in this market right now is, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I it's mean, it's an oxymoron. Exactly. That's exactly right. What I, some
0: people call me on TikToks.
1: It's
2: <laughs> oxymoron.
1: <laughs> on TikToks.
2: TikToks. Tic-tac. Uh, First uh, question on the podcast from the Tic Tacs Uh, phone on the dash. Uh, I'm interested in your your, both your thoughts on this Uh, dealership markups negatively impact the car market market, which I feel like is probably I don't think we're going to argue too much, Uh, but they say it hurts the automakers name the most. Do you agree with for markups? Yeah,
1: I don't think they care. I mean, I don't mean that. I, Uh, I don't know that it hurts the if you want. Listen, Kia. Makes one of the, and I don't know if anybody likes it. I think the telluride is badass, um, but they mark it up That's five. You nice got a producer
2: Ethan mm-hmm, for yeah. that. He hasn't okay. spoken. He to this drives a Murano. Come on,
1: Murano. Murano's not a bad car. Uh, it has a luxury ride. We're trying it's to convince him it's a riff,
0: terrible though. car. He needs although, one with convertible. a convertible. Although it is a Nissan, so
1: don't go more than 90,000 miles because your CVT will probably drop. But
0: Yeah. All right. So Anyway, <laughs> back to the markups. All we do on the podcast is digress.
1: I know. <laughs> We probably all have ADD. This is anyway. the most
0: focused we've ever been. Thank you, Katie. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> so I would say, I don't know that it affects their brand. It's like you, you, to your point earlier, it's market, it's market value. It's yeah. there. What are they going to do? You can, what do you, you can write a letter. I mean, what, they don't care. You're it either affects pay their it or brand to want.
0: non-buyers, I think. Okay. Right. Like sure. again, you go on the Corvette buy, sell, trade group. They are all complaining about markup over sticker. They're not buying a car, and they probably aren't buying it once it becomes sticker either. They're just right. complaining loudly while everybody else is paying what it takes and enjoying their car.
1: That's so. it. I mean, again, a good deal is always, always relative. Sure. It's it's what yeah. you like. I mean, Sometimes
0: under sticker isn't a good deal because it's a bad car,
1: and yeah, they're trying like to give any, them away. Yeah, like any Mitsubishi ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. It's yes. like driving a tuna fish can. It's the worst car. <laughs> Do not buy Mitsubishi's. There's Agreed. a reason they only have like two models left. It's terrible.
2: <laughs> They're limping along worse than Carvana is at this point, I think.
1: <laughs> 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 I mean, I just, I think they want it. They like want to try. They just
0: Dude, they even the Mitsubishi dealer on, on Bedford Auto Mile it used to be Rick Case Mitsubishi. And now it's like around the corner on Broadway, which is like the the not so great street. As opposed to Rockside Road and it was it's a used car dealership with a like showroom built in the 19, like 1975 and remodeled in mm-hmm. 76 and not touched since then. but they stuck a Mitsubishi sign out they're like that's the Mitsubishi franchise now
1: because they have no money they their cars stink and you know and the the like yeah. it's they're just not good Junker. and it's too bad because the gallant at one time was a decent ride. It could go a couple hundred thousand miles, but yeah. ain't now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. no.
1: It might have had one or two months in its day, but that's about <laughs> it. Maybe. I'll, All give, right. it, I'll Once, give it uh, that it had a third row. One more question. It pick
2: it. a good one. We are yeah, running
0: short on time, oh, unfortunately. Good. Oh, yeah. goodness. I've
2: yeah. got a. Oh, no. A f- now you're putting more, me on the two spot. Two more. Okay. okay two so quick I feel ones. It. All right. Brandon on the Tic Tacs wants All to right. know, uh, should I keep my 2001 S2000? Yes. Yeah. That was yeah, easy. Like that's, that's, that's
1: a Honda. I don't even that's care your a, life all, situation.
2: <laughs> 8 kids now. It
1: doesn't, matter. It, doesn't it. matter. That's a Listen, those are great cars. And yeah, if I it's think still so. running and it's it's a Honda engine and yeah. it's taken care of a trailer why would you, for you get the rid children? Of it? You could never get <laughs> you could ethical? never get for it on trade or it sell If
0: you're fine.
1: As much as it joy, it br- my husband was gonna get rid of his '99 Boxster, and I was like, "Dude, you'll never get on trade or sell it for as much joy it brings you that part of the year." Facts,
2: yeah, and that's why I want to ask this question. It's keep the that is a it's not gonna cost you too much money. Do keep not it. get Have rid of it, Brandon. Time. Yeah, keep it. Yeah. All right.
1: Oh, sorry, oh, Brandon. Brandon. The Tic Tacs. Yes. Keep it.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you both uh, think about the Hummer EV? This was from phone on stupid. the stupid.
1: If we go back to the word two, oxymoron. Two easy
2: questions. Uh, yeah,
1: right. Let's go back. Let's go back to the word oxymoron. Anything to me, those I don't care if it's EV or not EV. What moves fast? I mean, it just it's it's just a. It, they're they're not practical.
2: No, it's there's a massive. reason they don't
1: make all of those anymore. It's we not. Uh,
2: we saw one of the new Hummer EVs when we were at Amelia Island a few weeks ago, and it was up on some like display that GM had, and I I forget I think it was you or maybe it was Pete Doug that said. Well, I don't know how it's sitting up there like how the stand can hold like that mat that Listen, if shipping oh can
1: like- If you want to choose an EV, there are so many other cooler EVs out there than a Hummer.
0: It's a giant virtue signal. Yeah. I, think, I mean, anywhere.
1: I want to know if you want one of those, you buy one, what are you compensating for? That's <laughs> what I want to know. Oh.
2: <laughs> I'm just oh. saying, so, not judging, gosh.
1: just saying.
2: We can uh, we can wrap up the questions there. I think, Doug, for a future episode, uh, we've got a, someone asking for an update on the Mint Green GT3. Oh, OK. So we can it's, put that uh, in I notes. I
0: can answer that. It's, it's, uh, it did find a retail home. I don't know where it went, but somebody, uh, I would assume they knew all the history at this point, but somebody bought it and it's registered privately. It's finally stopped Mint making the round of jumping between (laughs) dealer to dealer. And it was last with Jacksonville Audi, who thanks to either this podcast or Vinwicki or some combination of of both found out after they got it from the auction that it was kind of a turd because everybody was calling them, (laughs) being like, hey, do you know what you got? They're like, I guess I do now. But anyway, so... Somebody got it. Hopefully they got a great deal. And hopefully they're driving the wheels off. Yeah, it. So that's what that car deserves. Um, absolutely. Yeah. My intention was not to like say it was a terrible car. It's more just like you have to know about the story. That know? is
1: that cars that have a story are so real. They're really cool and i'm so glad i you guys i mean i met you guys because i have people all the time that contact me looking for stuff like that and i'm like i know my zone of genius so it's awesome to say hey i know some guys they're cool they you can trust them and then be like psht. i
0: don't know and then i become tyler's All right. well cool, yeah well, so uh, we're gonna have have to- this is recorded,
1: yes. so I'm just <laughs> saying.
0: <laughs> You're not being compensated, sorry. Um, we will have to skip the Shrewd Negotiator this week. In the interest of time, we have a really good one, too. So we will uh, We will get back to that one. Uh, keep tuning in. We love having you guys. And we're going to go to the props and the frop-
2: frops. Props and frops. Brought to you by Switch Cars. <laughs> Switchcars is the enthusiast's dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. So check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com. And our pick of the week from Switchcars inventory is... i let Katie
0: pick this one. It is a 1987 Mercedes 560 SL in red over black interior with 67,000 miles, and it is gorgeous. It is a very, very clean example. Lots of service records, all the original VIN tags on it. Really special example. Yeah, so, she's fire. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. She's fire. Yeah, bright red. It's pretty she hard. is. Yeah. So that it, one will be available. I think that is on our website uh, now, actually. So it's it's 30 grand now with the crappy pictures that we took from the guy's collection. Once we take our proper pictures, it'll be 35. So get it now while you can before the, the better pictures show up. So the flop of the week. A guy bought a $68,000 Maserati that from Carvana that turned out to be stolen. What? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at the guy. It's just we've been ragging Wait, on Carvana how? for how? so long. So it Pansy had, scheme. No, 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 no. It's somebody, it was, it, it, he thought he bought a 2021, but it was actually a 2017. So when he took it into the Maserati dealer a few months after service, they're like, they, you know, plugged it in and they're like, uh, this isn't a 2021 and the VIN on on the chassis didn't match the VIN and Carvana numbers didn't catch on, it. No, Carvana didn't catch it, and Carvana sent this this note to uh, to ABC11, who is the one that broke the story. They said, "Quote: When Carvana acquired this vehicle, someone had taken sophisticated criminal steps to steal and alter the vehicle, and we're taking all the necessary steps to make it right for our customer." In this rare instance, friggin' bull crap. You search Carvana selling stolen car. There's an entire Reddit thread <laughs> entitled oh, really? Carvana My God. Stole, sold another stolen car again. Like, there's just, there's a
1: lot. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's people that drove around and had uh, temp tags for four months.
0: Right. Well, just because Carvana couldn't deliver the title, those weren't even stolen. Well, that's cars. what I'm saying that about was just Ponzi Carvana scheme. Being they, there was a whole
1: article about how it was a Ponzi scheme. They were yes. using money to yes, crazy. And town.
0: in North Carolina, where this happened, they said the attorney general is investigating 130 complaints against Carvana, but quote, none of them involve selling stolen vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Well, not not there, but still 130 complaints. So we are we are. Yeah, we are signaling the downfall of Carvana. I don't want to say we're rooting for it because that would be mean, but it's 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 coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah. The prop bankruptcy. of the week. I love this. The Ford CEO teases a street-legal Mustang GT3 variant. This article from Motor Authority, Ford's taking the new S650 Mustang, racing around the world in multiple series, including NASCAR, IMSA, Sports Car Championship, and Australia's Supercar Series. On Tuesday, Ford CEO Jim Farley tweeted a video of the race car undergoing testing at Sebring, and then he reads tweeted and asked if Ford should make a road version yes. so it's unclear how much of the that's GT3 awesome. race car could be translated over to a street legal variant but if made Ford could go beyond the dark horse R and target the likes of the 911 GT3 or RS oh, a I love this that's that competes awesome. a GT3. Love this. Oh. say what you will about Mustangs being crowd magnets or rather crowds <laughs> being Mustang magnets but if we look at the history of special edition Mustangs, right? The GT three fifty and R, the Boss three oh two, the Laguna Seca, the Cobra R, they've all been really incredible cars. Um can't say that the Corvette Commudgeon will never admit that, but they have. And uh yeah, this this could be arguably one of the best driver's cars that on the planet. Cool. As long as they make it manual. They gotta. They got it. So, but don't my manual don't tell... people
1: get so upset? They just are not making it's. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that that'll be an incredible car if they make it great value for the money, but just just don't tell Porsche owners that it'll it'll be better than a GT3 probably for less money. So, anyway, um Katie, thank you for being on. I have oh two God, quick questions so to for end the show. Me. One, we already got the answer to is what is the worst new car brand right now, which is Mitsubishi. Mits- I got to go
1: Mitsubishi. <laughs>
0: what is the best new car brand to buy? What are you steering your customers towards? Chrysler?
1: <laughs> okay you know that's a lie we had this conversation i do not do that i always say they're good cars to lease terrible cars to buy um but i would say new car brands i mean i'm i'm a big fan right now of value it's hard i i love uh i love honda and kia i think what you get for the money is amazing the tech is off the chain um i think mazda you can get close to luxury in a middle brand and hmm. it's it's like you a know, sleeper brand it is a yeah. sleeper brand. I mean, listen, they uh, they can make a middle of the road SUV with leatherette all this stuff and you're paying, you know, 29 to 31 grand. It's really Now, it's not out of the gate like, you know, you're not going to get a lot of <laughs> it's some hamsters in there, but but it is it is Powered a good by hopes brand. And dreams. It okay. Is, and they hold their value. Right. And then of course, I love Subaru. I think Subaru has rebranded themselves as not being so organic as it used to be, Um, they've really, they've really brought back, I think, um, and made something of themselves trying
0: to sell more cars to Trump voters. Right.
1: Yeah. I would say that would be a, I, I think that's a misread right there, but okay. Well, they certainly weren't
0: trying before. So no, anyway,
1: but what they bring to the table is value and bang for the buck.
0: Yeah. So. I've always liked Subarus. They, they've lacked in quality, but they made up for it in passion and driving experience. So it's kind of like Ferraris, I guess. So I
1: mean, it's the Ferraris yeah, of I the, mean, the Northeast. I mean, everybody has one thing they do really well. They just happen to be all symmetrical. All wheel drive is their thing. But yes, they 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 bring, you know, for what you get for the money. It's pretty decent.
0: Yeah, and Absolutely.
1: Believe it or not, they hold their value sixty five percent. You know, yes. it's crazy. So. They,
0: they were the only car company in two thousand nine when the world was falling apart. From two thousand nine to two thousand ten, uh, looking at year over year sales numbers for new cars, mm-hmm. they every single. Manufacturer was in the negative. Subaru was in the positive. They increased their sales year over year in the middle of the global meltdown. I thought that was cool. So Katie, where can people find you? Do you have a website? Do you have social media if they want to I get do, in touch with you? I
1: do. Actually, shout I even it have out. I even have a tic tac.
0: <laughs> you have a tic tac? <laughs> um,
1: but uh yeah, I'm on Instagram, Katie the Car Lady, KatieTheCarLady.com. Um I'm Katie Smith or Katie the Carlady on Facebook. I try to stay active on all social media, try to share info that's going on, market updates. Um, I will answer any a question. If somebody has a question, they really truly don't know. You know, for me, information is free. I, I don't I don't mind helping somebody. Um, you know That's
0: not the case for me. I charge two hundred dollars an hour. So if you're cheap, call her. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, hence why I'm trying to change the industry. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's I mean good. I do I do a lot of consulting and I do that stuff. But sometimes people just they really are in a space and they, they don't help. know what to do. Absolutely. And I'm always willing to help somebody. You talk, You want to talk my ear off and have get me get me get you numbers. That's a different conversation. Sure. But I'll help anybody understand something. Sure.
0: The initial consult is free. Yeah, just like know. selling cocaine.
1: I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. Would you like so, to
0: come back on the show sometime?
1: I would love to. Now that I know what to expect, I would love to.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us, Katie. We really appreciate
1: Thanks. it. Thanks. No, seriously, this was awesome. And uh, Oh,
0: yeah, cool. yes. Thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holm Woodworking. Thank you to uh, our producer, Ethan Huffnagel, and my partner in crime assistant, whatever over here, chat GPT finder, Tyler Sanders. We need to come up with a title for you. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next Wednesday with a really, really cool guest that you guys are just going to blow your minds at 8pm. And we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life. shut off you shut off
2: nope oh let's do a tiktok bonus question do we have a do we have one just for tiktok we do, do we so we've got a good question that came in a little late uh this might lead into a thing but do you see do you think we're going to see a plateau on the average cost of new cars that has somehow reached like forty five thousand dollars lately or is that just going to keep going up
1: that's very interesting. Um, I think when you have an average car payment of between seven hundred and a thousand dollars, I that's insane. It's crazy, insane. It's I think you're. It's going to keep going up until it can't, right? Like everything,
0: right? Market until it can't. has to drive it at some point, yeah. and there's going to be a, a a point where the demand cuts off just because people can't afford it
1: they can't afford it and then they'll bring back our 200 hundred dollar leases again right (laughs) i think it's gonna be
0: i think it's gonna be delayed though Mm -hmm. right because the manufacturers were late in the game and increasing their sticker price and they're going to be late in the game they're still increasing prices right now when the market's going the other way so probably the demand is going to fall off and then and then the manufacturers can't go oh we need to Put some rebates out.
1: That's right. I've already just you know I've already seen rebates out for GM. Um, Subaru's done some discounts. They're, I'm starting to see zero percent on some cars for 36 to 48 months. So it's it, that is shifting. They're just going to get to a point where people just can't afford to pull the trigger, and they're yeah. going to stay in their car longer, or they're really going to buy. More people will buy out their leases and just stay in them because there's not you you can't. Yeah, I mean, it
2: can't go on forever. Yep,
1: it can't go on forever. But I do think that it's gonna go until it can't. It's like anything. It's
2: go till the breaking point, then it'll cool off it'll again. It'll go go and, again. It'll like, <laughs> and then you'll yeah. see oh, 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 that's oh, oh. it. <laughs> yeah, over
1: overreactions. So. Well, I mean, listen. I remember when we were, the cars were going, 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 and then you had like cars literally wholesale dropped two grand in a week, in December. <sighs> it was crazy. That's crazy.
0: I think we're coming up on that again because in March, used car sales were off. It was like up. Like mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't Are people still listening? Anyway, it was up. <laughs> January and February was up. Mm-hmm. All the numbers, wholesale numbers, sales. And then I just got the numbers for March and it's like.
1: My wholesalers right now are like, what do you spring. got? I'm paying. I'm paying. <clears> I need cars. They got cars that they've got lots that are empty.
0: Huh?
1: And my whole set, I got, I got a guy down in Lancaster. I got a guy local over here. I got, and they're like, "Tell me what you got. I'm paying." And they're stepping up because they need cars. Interesting. So, you know, and and they're paying a good dollar. So I, they're, but they're also, I think they're
0: also betting on the spring selling season too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a bet against the retail market responding. And if the retail market doesn't respond, then.
1: But if you're then a Honda or Toyota dealer right now, where their production, they they are really struggling with their shipping to the dealer. Mm-hmm. That the those dealers don't they don't have enough new cars to sell. Everything that's coming in, I mean, I've got a list of twenty cars that are not even in yet that are sold. Wow. And they're they range. So if you tag all, if all your cars are tagged. That are sold, that are coming in. Then what you do have you to sell? Have used cars. So yeah. they're like, hey, yeah. go out and get us some used cars. Get us some used cars. Anything. Just get us something that we can make a little bit, and then get them in there to the F and I office, right? And then they can make. <laughs> and
2: Seriously. Then, there we go.
1: Well, I mean, they just are like they got people coming to them, and nobody's got cars, and it's really bizarre. So, you know, and now that Carvana and CarMax can't buy out certain manufacturers on leases, <laughs> they have to go to the manufacturer. I mean, it's crazy, right? right? It's like this weird, it's just weird. It's just crazy. But, hey, you know.
0: I miss the old days.
1: It is. I mean, like, it, the that's, but the manufacturer, the, the consumer is getting smarter and saying, you know what? I want something different.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, TikTok. Anyway, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. See you, so you next much.
2: week.